Hello, everybody, and welcome to First and Goal, the hardest-hitting up-and-coming ACC and SEC football podcast on the Internet today. It is Tuesday, July the 12th in the year 2022, and yes, we have been away for a while. We do apologize. We just, between work, 4th of July, everything else, just took a little break there, but uh, we're back. We got just as much content as ever. Things are wide open, and this should be a damn good episode, guys. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, the one, the only, Big Rob. What's going on, everybody? Glad to be back in the studio, ready to talk a little football. You know, on the bright side of things, we're only six days away from SEC Media Days. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I believe ACC Media Days is the following week. I believe so. So... Football is right around the corner, guys. We are literally less than 50 days away from college kickoff. I'm pumped. Oh, yeah. Counting down the days and just beyond excited. Beyond excited for all the great football we have on the horizon. Oh, absolutely, man. It's (laughs) You wake up this time of year. You wake up with just that special gleam in your eye, just ready for some football. Every little bit of news, man. You know, when it comes to football, that means falls right around the corner, man. And I don't know about you, but I'm already sick of the summer stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm I'm sure football. Yeah. I'm ready to spend my my Friday nights and my Saturdays throwing meat on the smoker and cooking out and have four different TVs going, and all four of them's got a different football game, and have a radio going outside with another football game on it. I mean, it's my time of year. I've lived for this. Oh, absolutely, man. It's, there's no better time of year. Yes, sir. But uh, since we've been going, guys, a lot of things have happened. We're not going to sit here and even attempt to go over everything that's happened the last couple of weeks. But we're going we're gonna to touch on two of them. Number one, I'll go ahead and say it as nicely, but honestly as we can, as I can. Jimbo Fisher's full of shit. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely he's full of shit, man. That video that came out, that was the nail in the coffin for Jimbo Fisher right there as far as his credibility goes. Absolutely, man. It just... I, I hated CDV. I mean, we all had our suspicions. That would have been... Don't get me wrong. Have I bought any of this stuff Jimbo's been spewing? Not a bit. No. I haven't bought into a bit of it. No, not at all. But <clears throat> at the same time, you know he's doing it. You know Nick Saban's doing it, but you can't prove it. So it makes it almost kind of fun. It gives you a little bit of trash talking and... Oh, come on, y'all. You, he know, you know he's doing it, but we can't prove it. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes it a little fun. But then this video comes out where they got recruits in the stadium, and I don't know if they just didn't know the camera was rolling or if the guy was a jackass or what What exactly happened, but they definitely dropped the ball on that one and let the cat out the back. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, and there has never been an official word back about that video that I've actually saw either apologizing for it or we took it out of context or, or what it could be. They just let it roll from what I've been able to see. But outside, was, out of mind. That was damning. That was definitely damning. 
If you don't, don't know what we're talking about, there was a video that it came out. <clears throat> like like Ben said, they were inside of the facilities talking with recruits. And I'm not exactly sure which coach it was, but he said something to the effect of the guys behind the suits pay a lot of money for y'all. It was something to that effect. I don't think the exact the people word. sitting in the suites. Yeah. Not suits. Suites. People sitting in these suites up here are paying a lot of money to have y'all here. And basically saying, don't screw up. Yeah. And it just, it really was hilarious because the whole thing was, no, these guys have been paid to come here to play. Oh, they haven't been offered any money. But these are freshmen, and this is a recruiting. These are recruits. These are guys that are not even on the team yet. Haven't even signed the bottom line yet. So, I mean. We haven't paid a damn penny. In this case, the glove fits. And Jimbo's full of shit. (laughs) But we all, all, uh, like you said, man, we all knew he was full of shit. But. Come on, man. Just own it. Just own it. Exactly. It just gets to a point where it's like, dude, he went on this whole rant talking about Nick Saban and hell. At one point, I thought he was going to shed a tear. I don't know if he was going to shed a tear or, or punch the cameraman or, or travel to Tuscaloosa and slap the hell out of St. <laughs> Nick. I didn't know what was about to happen. And then for it all to come out like this, it's like, well... If coaching don't work out, he can definitely maybe get a job offer as an actor somewhere along the way. Politician. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <clears throat> but no, man, I mean, and for the cameraman to actually catch that and for it to get posted, it kind of makes you wonder if he had some sort of alternative motive or if he just really wanted to be the whistleblower. If Saban, or not Saban, but if Jimbo or one of the other coaches had pissed him off, he said, you know what, screw it. Let's go ahead and post this little ditty right here. Yeah, man, I don't, I just, I don't know exactly what happened, but it wasn't good. And it just, it blows my mind how it was everywhere for about a day. And all of a sudden it got very, very hush hush. Yeah, I don't even know if you'd be able to find it on the internet now. It may have been already taken down. I don't know. It definitely was legit. Legit. So it wasn't, wasn't pretty. No. Might be another one of these things that the SEC's been one of the instances where they kind of step in and tell everybody to be quiet and be the good little kids. <laughs> we're going to separate y'all and uh, yeah, we're going to have radio silence. And that's exactly right. It's kind of going to be a little bit crazy to see what happens at SC Media Days with that, though. It should be very interesting. But with that being said, we're going to do another episode coming up on preview and media days and all that. But uh, with that being said, the second piece of news that I really wanted to touch on, and I'm sure all of you have already heard, the University of Southern California... And UCLA have jumped ship from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. They will be jumping ship. As early as 2024, I believe it is. That's correct. I want to say it's basically the same exact year USC and Texas. 
excuse me, Oklahoma and Texas are supposed to be joining the SEC. Mm-hmm. And no, this is not a Big Ten podcast. This is not a Pac-12 podcast. But the simple truth is, with them making that move, it all but solidifies the fact that college football and the the way it is now with all these conferences and divisions, the way we know it, the end is near. Yeah. I mean, it's it's given birth, I think, to super conferences that they've been warning us about. Exactly, because at this point, you're going to have the Big Ten, and it's going to have all these teams in it. Then you're going to have the SEC, all these teams in it. What about the ACC? Mm-hmm. There's already rumors coming out that some teams will be jumping ship. The SEC says they're perfectly happy with their 16-team conference. They want to keep it that way, but let's just be honest. Everybody's kind of full of shit these days. So <laughs> At this point, I just take them all as a used car salesman. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. They're going to say one thing, and we're going to assume that they're doing the other thing. <clears throat> absolutely, man. It's I'm, just – go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, you've got – it has already come out that teams like Clemson, teams like Virginia, are all lobbying to try to join the SEC already. Florida State. Florida State is one of them. So, I mean, you lose those three teams alone, man. I mean, what's, what does that say for the ACC? Miami was one of them, too. Mm-hmm. And Virginia Tech. Yep. You lose any – it's not if you lose all of them. If you lose one of them, I mean, if Clemson leaves the ACC, what do you have left? Who left in that conference has been nationally, playoff-wise, national championship contender-wise, been relevant in the last decade, held the last two decades? Right. I mean, you're looking I mean, at your Virginia Tech, Miami. They were relevant in the 2000s, 2010s, but Florida State did have a national championship run for a couple of years there. But uh, let's be honest, since those days, they've not set the world on fire by no means. They've been fighting just to get bowl eligible. Yeah. So it may not seem like huge, but this is ground shaking news. Earth shaking. Yeah. And in the coming weeks, months, next year or two, you're going to see this send an aftershock throughout college football. And you're going to see more and more of this. More teams jumping ship, conferences poaching other conferences. Mm-hmm. When teams get robbed from the ACC, eventually you're going to see the ACC going to probably smaller conferences like. Say the Sun Belt or Big, Big East, East yep. things like that, and be pushing them, trying to build the ACC back up, hang on to some kind of relevancy. What it's all going to boil down to is you're going to have two super conferences, and then you're just going to have satellite conferences. <clears throat> it's going to be almost like the NFL with the AFC and the NFC, and then you're going to have these little <clears throat> smaller schools being the the build-up schools due to the transfer portal and, you know, whatever, the developmental schools, if you will. Pretty much. Pretty damn much, man. 
it's basically going to be like instead of football, really a better comparison would be Major League Baseball. You got your Major League teams, American League, National League, and then you got the minors. Yep, minor league teams. This professionals, but there are branches off of these where you can bring a player up at any given time. Yep, farm leagues. Yeah, developmental leagues. Yep. You got your triple A, double A, single A. Yeah. So. And when that happens, college football as we know it, we may as well go ahead and have a funeral for it. I'm not going to say college football is dead. That's a bit grim. But. I'm not saying necessarily that it's dead, but as we know it, as the. It's going to be different. Yeah. It's going to be different. But. Change is inevitable. Yep, nothing you can do. Things are always changing, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. The more things change, the more they stay the same. That's right. But with all that being said, we're going to wrap up this news session, and we're going to kick off what we want to do on this episode here. We're going to give you our preseason ACC power rankings for both the Atlantic and the Coastal Division. Me and Rob got a little difference in opinion <laughs> on a few teams just, here. Just a little, just a little, but hey, debate makes everything go round. I figured with the season looming right over our shoulders, getting ready to roll in it, what better time for a preseason ranking? Absolutely, man, absolutely. So with that being said, I'm going to let you kick it off. We'll start with the Atlantic Division. Why don't you go ahead and give me your seven? All right. You want me to start from 1 to 7 or start from 7 to 1? Well, normally when you count, you start at the lowest and go to the highest number. All right. So at number 1 overall (laughs) in the Atlantic, I have Clemson. Clemson at number 1. Clemson at number 1. The reason I did that, they didn't win their division last year, but that defense – is still solid. The offense is looking good until they can be consistently defeated. Like Rick Player said, to be the man, you have to defeat the man. At number two, I've got NC State, the Wolfpack. NC State, man, they're returning a lot of players. That defense is just savage. Offense is still going to be good. One of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think they're going to be deadly out there, too. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Who you got three? Number three, I've got Wake Forest. The Demon Deacons. They've actually lost some talent, but as long as they have that skilled quarterback back there, long arm, they can run the ball. Defense ain't terrible. I think they still can have a chance, too. Number four, I've got Louisville. I mean, it's hard to look past Louisville, especially with all the weapons that they've got returning this year. Number five, I've got Florida State. They could be ranked higher if they're just putting so many questions regarding that team. Number six, I got Boston College. And number seven, I got Syracuse. It's interesting. Interesting. Like I said, I don't agree with all those. But uh, I'll run you my list here. All right. Very similar to you. Number one, I got the Clemson Tigers up there in Clemson, South Carolina, just due to some fact, like you've also said, that defense is still going to be 
top five defense in college football this year. I have no doubt in that. Their offense still, it lacks a little to be desired last year, but with a full season starting under DJ Uli on the ladies belt, I feel like he'll get better. Got a little bit of pressure from that freshman coming in. It's also going to help push him to that next level. So, I mean, Clemson's just the standard. They're the bar. Not to mention Shipley's still back there running back, man. He's going to dominate. Oh, absolutely. You got Shipley. I mean, you still got your great tight end. Still got a decent receiving core. Clemson's got a lot of good pieces. It's just they are the number one in the Atlantic division. Yeah. <laughs> number two, I also got NC State. Like you said, they got a outstanding, hungry defense, very high speed. They need to be able to put a season together, and that's why I have them at number two is because I just – they have a bad habit of falling short when they shouldn't. And I just have – somewhere along the way, I see them slipping up. That's going to leave them in that number two spot. Number three, call me crazy. They'll probably let me down again just like they did last year. But <laughs> number three, I got to go with Florida State. And I ain't going to call you crazy. But Florida State, something they've lacked for years and years. Hell, really, since they had Dalvin Cook. Florida State has not had a legit rushing attack. When Florida State's playing good football, they have a great rushing attack. They have a good running back. The spring game showed outstanding signs of that. The offensive line looked to be very much improved from last year. You got Jordan Travis back there at quarterback. He's been kind of an up-and-down guy. He looked a lot better towards the end of the year last year. They got on a little bit of a hot streak. And I just I look for them to kind of pick up where they left off with that hot streak and come out swinging and try and surprise some people. And I just – I feel like Florida State's going to be a lot more competitive team in the ACC this year, and they're going to surprise people. They very well could. They very well could. Like you said, man, the running backs – they looked awesome. Offensive line looked awesome. But the thing that I just can't get over, man, is is the mentality of the run first quarterback. I just it, that's what screwed them up last year, in my opinion, and I think that's what's going to keep them still under a thumb this year too. I can agree with that, but also last year, one thing that screwed with them too is they never gave any quarterback a chance to really get a rhythm. It's like once they look in there and there's McKenzie Milton. And, oh, McKenzie Milton's making the comeback. Central Florida is going to be a great story. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, Jordan Travis is back out there. And it's, oh, Jordan Travis, he's developed from last year. And he's looking great. And he is our guy. Then you got Milton back out there. Then Travis. <laughs> then Milton. Then Travis. And it's like, who the hell? What the shit's going on here? Yeah, absolutely. So, I think with it being a one-quarterback system, I think it's going to mean a lot to him. Plus, once again, you got a big-time recruit in there as a freshman. It's going to put a lot of pressure on Travis to play. It's going to be put up or shut up. Mm-hmm. Not to mention Mike Noel. If he don't put up this year, he's going to be packing. So, I just I see him coming in at three in the Atlantic I, Division. I agree with you. I do believe that that will be a very hot seat. And I don't think finishing third in the Atlantic will be enough to save it. Number four. I got Wake Forest. Yeah, they got Sam Hartman coming back. 
but they've lost a few pieces. And the simple truth is they have an outstanding coaching staff. These guys play. I love watching Wake Forest play football. But this is a developmental school. They bring in low-star recruits, and they build them up to be the incredible players they are. speaks volumes for the character of the player, but also the ability of the coaches to develop them the way they do. And with them missing a few key pieces, I mean, you got to bring in new pieces and build them back up. And I just, I don't see them repeating last year again. I would love to see it. I just don't quite see it happening this year. Five, we got Boston College. I'd love to put them a little higher on this list, but simple truth is your quarterback has been injury prone the last two seasons. Yep. He's not played a full season yet in the last two years. Jerkovic has NFL talent, by far, without a doubt. Yep. Phenomenal arm talent. Got great mobility. Outstanding player. Yep. He's just injury prone. But the best ability is availability. So with that, that leaves a lot of uncertainty. And then on top of that, they have not been able to put up a productive rushing attack to go along with the quarterback play. And this defense has got a lot of holes, had a lot of issues last year. So they really got to work on that. I I can't put them up no higher five. Six, I got Louisville. A lot of people ain't going to agree with this. But simple truth is, Malik Cunningham, outstanding, incredible, freakish athlete. Really is. He really is. But with all that being said, the difference in him and Lamar Jackson, I think Cunningham may be more talented than Lamar Jackson was actually. Got incredible ability. But Lamar Jackson won games. Louisville has not been able to win games. And then that was when more no-pressure situations. This year here, Cunningham, there's a lot of talk about him going to the NFL next year. And I think he's going to have a little bit of the Spencer Rattler effect. It happened to Oklahoma last year. It's going to be a lot of pressure. And sometimes guys can believe in their own hype, and it just doesn't work out too well. I can respect that. Last but not least in the Atlantic, I got Syracuse. It's nothing against these guys. Love the hires they made in the offseason, especially that OC. I think you're going to see a much better team this year. I would not be surprised if they finished fourth yeah. in the Atlantic this year. They can very well do it. How they can slip up and win, come in third. But it takes time to get things figured out. And last year it was so bad. I just don't know even with a huge improvement, if it will be enough this year. Now, don't get me wrong. Syracuse did pull off some upsets last season and won some games that they shouldn't have. But I, as far as where I had them ranked at seven as well, they're going to be a hell of a team. They look really good in the spring game. <laughs> But they haven't been together long enough to form that cohesive unit that you're wanting to, you know, wanting to see. That culture is still blooming. So, I mean, they still got a long way to go. That's right. 
Let's roll over to the coastal, shall we? Let's do it. I went first last time. You go first this time. All right. Coming in at number one, my winner of the coastal division this year. That will be going against Clemson and. Well, I ain't going to say it. We ain't going that far. This is preseason. <laughs> but my preseason pick at number one spot in the Coastal Division, a lot of people will be surprised by this. But I'm going Virginia Tech, man. I'm going with the Hokies. You got a very high-energy head coach down there. You got a quarterback, something that you have not had in many years. And a lot of you say they don't have a quarterback, but yes, they do. They have a kid coming out of Marshall that's got more experience than a lot of your current starters in the ACC. Mm -hmm. And the kid does big things. Your receiver room looks to be pretty damn loaded. Got some very talented running backs better in the backfield, but the biggest thing with the Virginia Tech team is this defense is going to be back looking almost like they did in the Bud Foster days. You got a juggernaut, defensive juggernaut head coach in there. And it showed all through spring camp, showed in the spring game. And it was a close running between them and my second-ranked team. But the reason this team has the edge, above all the talent, above all the players, above the coaching staff, everything, it is Lane Stadium. It is Blacksburg, Virginia. It is inner Sandman. <laughs> it is that stadium going absolutely nuts. The cannons. The cannons going off. The ground shaking. Culture. This is what's going to push this team to number one. New staff with a great culture. Oh, absolutely. Number two in the coastal, Miami Hurricanes. Miami, you got the talent to be number one. You got the coaching staff. You got a lot of great things. You just came up short on the Let's face it, you don't have the toughest stadium to play in. You don't have quite the big football fan culture that you once had. I feel like it's coming back. I feel like it's definitely coming back. But it's not quite there yet. And your recruiting looks sensational. These classes you're building, all the stuff coming together, transfers, it all looks sensational. But we're talking right now. And right now, I think you're right on the brink of it. But you're just not quite turning that page this year. Number three, North Carolina Tar Heels. Got Mac Brown and the boys. This team was a little bit of a tricky one for me to put at number three. I'll be honest. It would not surprise me to see them at five or six. But simple truth is you got Mac Brown. Dude knows the game of football. He's going to find a way to pull off wins. He's going to find a way to surprise people. And after that ass-cutting they had last year in South Carolina in that bowl game, after a pretty much disappointing season, I think North Carolina's going to kind of make a little bit of a bounce back this year, put up a fight. They're going to win some games they should not win. But in – Matt Brown style, they're also going to lose a game or two that they should not lose. Yeah. Coming in after North Carolina, we got Pitt. Simple truth is, Pitt had the first quarterback chosen in the last year's NFL draft. Well, this year's NFL draft, excuse me. Yep. Pitt won that game on what a lot of people believe to be a fluke. <laughs> 
I just feel like Pitt kind of slept walk into an ACC championship last year. I just I hate to say that, but I just I look at this program. It's not pulling it off two years in a row. It's not happening to me. It's not even close. Number five, Virginia Cavaliers. I'm not sold on this team. I'm not buying into them anymore, but I'm also not going to completely sell all my stock on them due to the simple fact that they do have a lot of talent on the roster. They got one of the best quarterbacks in college football, Brennan Armstrong, on that team. He's going to carry you a long way just by himself. Defense, you got some talent. Hopefully, hopefully you can finish games off, which was where you struggled last year. Downside is you got a new coaching staff, and the old coaching staff wasn't fired. They resigned. So there's a lot of turmoil going down there, a lot of mixed emotions. Mixed emotions do not work out very good on the gridiron. This is what I've seen in, from my personal experience over the years watching football. Mm-hmm. And even playing the game. Number six, Georgia Tech. This is a very confusing one. It could very well make me look stupid having them this far down the list. But the simple truth is they have not been able to finish games. No. And until they can seal the deal, on these games, I cannot buy into them. I just, I can't do it. Cannot do it. They got loaded roster, tons of talent. They really do. Offense is extremely difficult trying to stop. Defense stunk it up. But how many games was it last year? Six, seven? Six or seven, something like that. They lost by... I think it was 11 or 12 points or less. Yeah, and I think three of those games was a field goal or less. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a team that could have very well been a 9 team last year. I hate it. If you can learn to seal the deal, this could very well be a number three team on us. Hell, number two. But until I see them seal the deal, they're at number six. Finally rounding out my list in the Coastal. I got Duke coming in there at seven. I love the off-season hires they had. Loved spring camp. Loved the spring game. The players look good. Duke has bought in under this new regime just as good as any other program I've seen. But simple truth is you don't quite have the fan base yet. I think it will come with some big wins. And I do believe there will be some big wins under this new coaching regime. But we're not rebuilding an engine here. We're building a hot rod from the chassis up. Takes time. This ain't a quick patch job and you can get rolling and hauling ass down the road. This is going to be a taking your time. I believe Elko and the guys... We'll get it right. But it's going to take time. I think you'll see a couple big upsets this year, but you're not. They're going to surprise you, 
but it's just not going to be enough. Okay, okay. I like where you're coming from. I like it. And you make some very, very valid points. <clears throat> Coastal division for me at number one. We're kind of flip-flop. I've got Miami at number one. <laughs> Excuse me. I believe Excuse the me. U is back. I do believe the U is back. And I, the reason why I have the U over Virginia Tech is due to the skill that Miami has and the coaching staff that will bring that skill out. Yes, traditions, everything like that does matter. But if you've got the skill to back it up when that isn't there, skill will still win, in my opinion. Okay, so in 2010 when South Carolina beat Bama, South Carolina was a more skilled team? No, I'm not saying that at all. When Virginia Tech beat Ohio State in 2013, I think it was, was Virginia Tech more skilled team? I'm not saying that either. But what I'm saying is, in this division this year, I do believe that Miami has the best chance to win that Coastal Division. I can see that. I don't blame you. Like I said, it was very close for me. It was very close. But my biggest problem is I love Miami. Love the quarterback, Van Dyke. I think he's done great things. I think he'll be great this year. But the biggest thing with me is when you have a huge, huge time playmaker like Charleston Rambo on your team and then he leaves. Well, I mean, hell, then you got to sit there and wonder. Was it the quarterback or was it a receiver? I mean, let's just look in history, shall we? Let's do it. Dante Culpepper with Randy Moss. Dante Culpepper looked great. And Chris Carter. Yeah. When they were gone, how was Dante Culpepper? Pretty trashy. Wasn't too good. Wasn't too good. Hmm, let's look up and let's think of another one real quick, shall we? Troy Aikman. Michael Irving. Emmett Smith. When they was hurt, that was Troy Aikman. He was rough. Just, it just makes me wonder, man. It just makes me wonder. It's I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a very, very valid question. It really is. But I feel like they've got some wide receivers that can step up in the place of what Rambo was. Will they be as good? No. But I think they may have one or two that are just good enough to get them to where Rambo had them before. That's right. It's just my thing is <sighs> Rambo came from a big program. Had a ton of experience. Been in really big time games. You get these young guys in Miami. Young guys trying to fill those shoes. They can do it. They got talent. Mm -hmm. But then when you put them in front of a really rowdy crowd, can they still do it? Yeah. I get you. I, I, I definitely pick up what you're putting down there. But for the very reason that you gave... For Virginia Tech being number one, 
I've got to put Virginia Tech being my number two in the division simply due to the coaching staff, what's going on there, the tradition that they're bringing back. Britt Pry being the, the, the defensive guru that he is, man, it's going to be rocking in Blacksburg, Virginia. Absolutely. Number three, I have Pitt. Okay. Call me crazy, but they're not going to be as good as what they were. They lost their number one quarterback. Their number one wide receiver transferred. And they very well could be the number seven in the division this year. But just due to the fact that they did win the ACC last year, I still have to put them at three because, again, to be the man, you have to beat the man. Number four, I have the North Carolina Tar Heels. North Carolina, to me, they very well could be a dangerous team. They very well could take over the number one spot. You just never know what you're going to get out of Matt Brown and that team. Matt Brown, you know, historically, one hell of a coach. But the last few seasons, man, it almost looks like the age is getting to him. Number five, I've got Duke. That's right. I said Duke. Who? The Blue Devils. They no longer the Blue Devils to me. They the Blue Devils. Duke, the staff, the players, the skill that they brought, the love for the game that they've got now. The fans are getting in it. Oh, I'm telling you, this is a different Duke team. They're going to pull us some big-time upsets this year, so that's why I've got them at number five. You can't pull up upsets without getting a little bit higher than what you think you should or what everybody thinks you should. Okay. Number six. Go ahead. I'll say I like it. I like it. Number six, I'm not sold on Virginia. I'm not sold. Virginia, to me, the team just seems to be half in it. It looks like they've got the toe stuck in the water to see how warm or cold the water is. I just, I, I'm not buying into the program. I'm not buying into the coaching staff. I mean, they've got some great players, yes. And like I said before, the, you know, talent can win big games, but if you're not bought in, it ain't doing crap. And then at number seven, Georgia Tech. Until they can figure out how to close a game on a regular basis, they're always going to be the seller dweller, in my opinion. Okay. I like it. Don't agree with all of them, but uh, <laughs> I can see where you're coming from. And not bad picks. Not bad picks at all. Still damn good. I just, man, just sitting here looking at them. Two divisions sitting side by side with the teams. It's just, damn it. I wish they were playing this weekend. Oh, absolutely, man. I'm ready to watch some football, man. Ready to watch it. I don't know what I'm more excited about, watching football or roasting the home for a season over. I don't know which one I'm more excited about. I'm both. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Just go ahead. I'm saying, but... We have a deal, sir. Yes, we do. We do have a deal. But, man, it's, you know, 
Football is upon us. This is the last month that we have until we have college football on the TV. The other show is... It's the final countdown. With all that being said, man, you got anything you want to add on like this? Man, the only thing I want to add on is thank goodness we're already in the middle of July. Thank goodness August is right around the corner. Oh, it can't get much better than this. No, absolutely not. I just want to say, guys, once again, I do apologize for being away for a couple weeks like we were, but unfortunately, we don't get to do this every day full time as a job. Maybe one day we can. That would be incredible. But until then, we will do our absolute best to serve you the best way we can when we can. And until then, keep those drinks cold. Let's keep those chains moving. <laughs>